the blast from our past network. This is the latest disclosure in a report from National Civil Defense Headquarters in Washington. It has been established that persons who have recently died have been returning to life and committing acts of murder. A widespread investigation of reports from funeral homes, morgues, and hospitals has concluded that the unburied dead are coming back to life and seeking human victims. It's hard for us here to believe what we're reporting to you, but it does seem to be a fact. Talking Back. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Talking Back. This is the podcast where we like to chat about past achievements in movies, comics, video games, and more. I'm your host, Tim. With me, as always, mostly always, co-host Dean. Dean, welcome. Hey, Tim. This is... I'm super pumped for this episode, Tim. Mm-hmm. There's nothing more like October episode, like other than our Halloween special. There's like nothing more October episode than what we are covering today, I think. Very true. Yeah. And to cover it on October 30th is Whew. fantastic. It's kind of perfect. We are covering, I'm, I'm scared to even say it. You should be. You shouldn't say it. Night of the Living Dead. Yes. I hope we inspire people to watch this movie tonight. Hell yeah. I know several people who this is one of their like Halloween go-tos. Makes sense. I applaud them for that. Yes. I'm, I Tim, might... I've never seen this movie. You had never seen this movie, Dean? I had never seen this movie. I'd seen Day. I've seen Day of the Dead. I had never seen oh, this movie before. Oh my goodness. I had seen it. But I had never appreciated it like I did this time around. Yeah, it was an experience. Wow. I was so excited, so into it. I love this movie. This is one of the most hyped I've come into a podcast in like recent memory about how excited I am about a movie I had never watched. So pumped. That's scary. I'm, I'm, I'm scaring myself a little bit. You're terrifying me right now with your energy. I'm scared. I'm scared I may never watch another movie again. I might just watch this movie over and over and over again. I want to murder your energy and bury it in a cemetery somewhere. Oh, no. And then, I want, it, and then I want it to come back and attack it's me. Co- it's coming back to get and, you, And too. grab me and drag me into, the, into yeah. the grave. And there we will live together for eternity. Oh, what an appetite. Until you dig appetite. us both up and eat us, yeah. consume us. Which is where you get your energy back and is how you right? end up murdering me. Oh, you just wrote a movie. I bet that one's out Night. there somewhere. Somebody's done that. Somebody has of the living, living podcasters. No, the dead podcasters. Night of the energy killer. Night of the killer energy. There you go. The night where too much energy existed. Okay. Energy, this the is... unstoppable murdering force. Yeah. This is killing my energy a bit. Jaws. You, you've already started. Colon energy shark. <laughs> I like Jaws energy shark. Uh, I like that. I would I would watch that. Yeah, I'd watch anything, Jaws. Jaws, colon, anything I'm watching. Yes. So um, first off, I'll, I'll thank everybody for, for joining, for listening, tuning in. 
Uh, happy Halloween to everybody tomorrow. I will do a special shout out here to our patrons uh, because you all are uh, very lucky. There's a very, actually a very scary thing has aligned for you. And yes. that is you have three days in a row of talking back, releasing episodes. You have this one tomorrow. You're going to get our Halloween special. Oh my goodness. Watch out. Yep. That one's full of murder. Oh yeah. We, of we, we, ha we can't talk about it though, but that there's that. And then the following day is our wrap up episode. So it's going to be three days in a row of talking back for the patrons. And Hey, if you're not a patron and you want to hear our Halloween special, head on over to patreon.com, look up talking back and guess what? You can get a free week of the tier double feature and you can get our Halloween special for free. So sign up, listen to our special and then quit. If you want, we don't care if you like it. And if you like sticking around, cool, that'd be awesome. We'd love your support. But hey, it's over there. Why don't you go listen to it? Kind of the perfect week to do that because you get the Halloween special. You'll get a wrap up. And then, yeah, just go back and download all that other stuff we've done, too, and listen to that and then quit. No problem. Unless you're too scared. Yeah. Then, then I understand. I get it if you're yeah, too I get scared. It. Yeah. Yeah. You don't want to yeah. listen to the Halloween special. No problem. If you if you like your sleep then you probably don't want to go over there. It's very scary stuff. You're going to lose that sleep. Yeah, definitely. You'll be up all night murdering people. Oh, no. Uh, so yeah, so last week, this is our tie-in. Last week, we covered a shark eating people. And this week, it's people yeah. eating people. Great. Great evolution. <laughs> See how we tied those two together? Yeah, that was good. Yeah, it was people eating. It was about eating people. It's about people getting and, eaten. Uh, and now it's people eating people. Yeah. Yeah. So we mentioned we're, we're both big fans of it. I just loved what this movie was doing. I loved the Me places too. it was going. I loved the decisions it was making in all of the dis different like artistic formats. The, the music was great. The cinematography was great. The story's fun. The acting is tight. It's scary. It's intense. It's yeah. everything you want on October 30th. For sure. Yeah. And it's like everything you want out of a zombie movie. And it's like the first one. It basically invented zombie movies. And like, it's so awesome to see that like all the tropes that make all the best zombie movies now are present in this movie, which I wasn't really expecting. I knew that it was, you know, the, the first one and I knew it was going to be good. I'd seen Day and Day is amazing. I love Day. Um, and so I was expecting to like it, but I didn't know right from the very start, you'd have these like, you'd have the same kind of ideas going that make good zombie movies these days. Mm -hmm. Now a quick synopsis here, a ragtag group of survivors barricade themselves in an old farmhouse to remain safe from a horde of flesh eating ghouls that are ravaging the Northeast portion of the United States. So the term zombie is not used in this movie. They're called ghouls. I will be calling them zombies. Yeah. Because I'm a, I'm a rebel like that. It totally. Yeah. Me too. <laughs> Although ghoul is pretty cool. That's a pretty good name for October 30th episode of the creature being called ghoul. 
Yeah, ghoul is actually better than zombie. But, it is. But this, I'm going to say zombie too. But this is considered a zombie movie, not a ghoul movie. Yeah. So yeah, let's just uh, stick with that. Yeah, zombies came from this movie. So we, well, we they didn't. But what do you mean? This was like what brought zombies kind of to the mainstream and, and got yeah. got people interested in them. The idea of zombies is like from like the 1800s. It's an old like uh, Haitian. Uh, lore but this i i think this is the first idea where it's like some sort of like kind of virus thing you know or something like that perhaps the the other the other type of zombie is like mind control like you're basically controlling a body to then act the way that we know kind of zombies act now i think this is sort of the first thing that is that is like rising from the dead and is like this uh type of virus type thing I think that's possible. I'm not gonna. Yeah. I'm not gonna go on record saying that because. Okay, I will. There are. <laughs> you will. Okay, good. I'm on record. You heard it here first, everybody. I'm on. I like. I know there's a movie from the 30s called like White Zombie or something like that, but that does have to do with that, um, uh, like hypnotizing or something. It has to do with like basically mind control of people, and that's what's making the zombies. My stance is going to be there are far too many movies out there before this one came out for me to like even know about a fraction of them. So it's just just very possible that someone somewhere had done one of these. Okay. I'm going to double down and say this is the first. Okay. Well, hey, Dean. Yeah? How about that's something you bring to the wrap-up episode? Sounds great, man. Sounds great. Okay. Because I don't see you writing it down. Oh, so it's I- in here. It's in the <laughs> noggin. Oh, great. Yeah, I'll pretend. I'll pretend okay. to write it down. I got a pen here. <laughs> write it on your forehead right now. Okay, yeah. Uh, This was released in 1968 with a budget of $125,000. This film ends up grossing an estimated $30 million, making it one of the most profitable movies up to that time. What? That's that's what I said. What? What? How? $30 million? Where? Who? What? I mean, I get it, but also... What? What? I don't get it. More on that later, though. More on that later. Okay. Okay. If you know Night of the Living Dead, then you know it was directed by the legendary George A. Romero, who greatly contributed to the image of zombies in modern culture. Night of the Living Dead was Romero's very first film. I always find that like really interesting when yeah. someone just comes out of the gates swinging... And drops like a mega hit. Yeah, no kidding. One of his earliest pieces of work, though, was a segment on Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood where Fred Rogers underwent a tonsillectomy. Okay. Uh, Probably a truly creepy, creepy segment. For sure, yeah. Wow, just giving kids nightmares already. (laughs) Yeah. I did not see that one. Did you see that one, Tim? Do you remember that one? I don't remember that, no. No, I didn't see that one. Some ghouls climbed into his mouth and ate his tonsils. <laughs> Makes sense, yeah. They ripped them out and <laughs> were chomping down on them. It was a... Parents were mad. Outraged, in fact. Outra- outraged. My first introduction to Romero was the movie Monkey Shines. Oh, okay, yeah. Have you seen it? I haven't seen it. I know what it is, though. Yeah. Aren't you lucky? 
Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, this was just one of the early movies that absolutely horrified me. Yeah, uh, I would say Monkey Shines and Pet Cemetery are the two movies I watched as a kid, mm. and I vowed never to watch them again. And I have, okay. I have stuck to that vow. Yeah, if we really want to be terrified, we should throw them on the October schedule some year. Um, I I would be down with that actually. Yeah, I, cool. I feel like I'm October is a good month to break vows. Right. So yeah, I'd, I'd be for sure. <laughs> I could be convinced to do that. I don't yeah. want to, but right. The people might like watching me for the people. bathe in agony. So yeah, for sure. Yeah, for do it for the people. I'll do it for the now, listeners. Tim, yeah. Uh, is is Monkey Shines the one where the cover like where the it's a monkey toy with symbols? It is, yeah. Okay, then I, yeah, I, I do know this. I don't think I've seen it, but I oh, do know. Man. I do know it. First of all, monkeys and baboons—they terrify. What's up me. with that? And <laughs> What's up with that? They yeah. terrify me, especially yeah, when they're being they're used in movies. Yeah, it's scary. Yeah. Please stop doing it. <laughs> for sure yeah how are you with planet of the apes probably fine those aren't That's like real fine. monkeys yeah yeah those are people i like 3d up like monkeys. monkeys i just worry what yeah. a real life baboon is going to do to someone's face yeah it's going to eat it's it gonna it's going to rip it off and eat it yeah. yeah very similar to this movie now romero would co-write the screenplay for this movie he would do the cinematography and he would edit the movie and actually he selected right. the music Excellent. Yeah. Applause. Where's that applause button? Yeah, hit that. It seems to be malfunctioning. It's broken, as always. Now, I've got a bit of background on this movie. Uh, care to hear it? I, are you yes, frightened? please bring it on. Are you frightened by this background I'm about to bring? Um, no, I'm not. You should be. I feel brave after watching this movie. I feel brave. There's some scary stuff in here. I'm not going to lie. Okay. Okay. Bring it on. All right. I will. 1966. Romero wanted to capitalize on the movie trend at the time that he called a thirst for the bizarre. Interesting. So so Romero contacted Hardman and Associates, a local TV and film production company, to pitch the idea. That meeting led to the creation of a new production company called Image 10 that would produce Night of the Living Dead. Each member of the production team invested $600. They had 10 more investors contributing another 6000 but production would need to stop several times with Romero shopping around early footage to pursue additional investors. Okay. The owner of Hardman and Associates, Carl Hardman, do you see what he did there? Carl Hardman. Of Hardman and Associates. Ah, uh, yes, I see what he did there. He would end up playing the role of Harry Cooper in the movie. Nice. Marilee Eastman, his co-worker and wife, would play his wife in the movie, Helen Cooper. Mm, that's why that tension was real. Yes, exactly. Yeah, they were good. They felt like a real-life married couple, the way they were b- bickering with each other. Yeah, they were good. They were good. It's like she's heard that line thousands of times <laughs> yeah, before. Yeah. <laughs> and she has. Yeah. <laughs> always have to be right, don't you, Harry? <laughs> yeah. She's like, why did I marry this short, bald man who, who has <laughs> anger issues? He's got, yeah, and always has to be right. Yeah. 
Now, their real-life daughter, Kyra, would play their daughter in the movie Karen Cooper. Okay, great. Judith Ridley, a receptionist at Hardman and Associates, would play Judy. And Judith O'Day, who plays Barbara, had previously worked at Hardman and Associates. Great. Yeah, that is, That's how you save that, money, Tim. That That's is. how you save money. This is exactly it. This is how you make this yeah. movie on 125 grand. Exactly. You put everyone working on it is also in it. <laughs> exactly. Now, with such a tight budget, there's obviously no money to hire a composer for the score. But luckily, Hardman and Associates had thousands of recordings on vinyl that could be purchased from the composer at a fraction of the price it would cost to create something new. So Romero spent a few weeks sitting and listening to records and testing songs he liked against the film to see what would work. Good. Good stuff. It works, I think. Oh, hell yes, does it ever work. Yeah. It works great. Yeah. I want to go back to something quickly that you said before when you said he was like uh, shopping around footage to try to like get more investors. I love hearing that type of story where it's like, okay, we got a little something shocked and it's like, let's try to get some more people interested in it by showing them like, hey, look at this. Isn't this pretty cool? Give us money and we'll do even more. I like that idea. It's like um, like modern day version of that is Kickstarter. It's like, hey, yeah, check this sure. out. Yeah. Check out this first yeah, three hey, pages of my comic book. Thing. Yeah. I love Give when it money. works too. You know, yeah. I love that he yeah. took this out and people were like, oh my goodness. Yes, here, take my money. This is going to sure. be amazing. Yeah. This might make $1 million. Maybe, or maybe more. Now, an early draft of the script positioned the movie as a horror comedy about adolescent aliens. Oh, okay. Weird. Definitely. Well, he was going for the bizarre, remember? Right. The bizarre. After realizing they wouldn't be able to create a convincing UFO with their budget, they moved on from that idea to one where a runaway boy would find aliens harvesting human bodies for food from a cemetery. Mm, Okay. Romero combined that idea with an unpublished short story about flesh-eating ghouls to create Night of the Living Dead. Love it. When it was released, it was thought to be a Saturday afternoon matinee type of film targeting preteens and adolescents. Awesome. What the fuck? (laughs) It's going to kill these preteens. The Motion Picture Association film rating system wouldn't be created until one month after Night of the Living Dead was released, so children were allowed yes. to purchase tickets to the movie. Yes. <laughs> yeah, Mess hell yes. those kids hell off. Yes. Those kids are so messed up right now. <laughs> so this is, uh, to bring it back to why this movie made $30 million, it's because everybody was allowed to go to it. Right. Yeah, everyone went and saw it. Wow, kids. Here, kids are in there for this Here's one. a quote from Roger Ebert about that. The kids in the audience were stunned. There was almost complete silence. The movie had stopped being delightfully scary about halfway through and had become unexpectedly terrifying. There was a little girl across the aisle from me, maybe nine years old, who was sitting very still in her seat and crying. It's hard to remember what sort of effect this movie might have on you when you're six or seven, but try to remember, at that age, kids take the events on the screen seriously, and they identify fiercely with the hero. 
when the hero is killed, that's not an unhappy ending, but a tragic one. Nobody got out alive. It's just over. That's all. <laughs> this is such a nihilistic movie. And you're just like six-year-olds in the in the theater just being like, oh, really? No hope at all? Okay. Yeah, wait, this Great. isn't a horror comedy? Yeah. I was crying throughout this whole movie because I was terrified and there's no even sweet release at the end. There's it's nothing. even worse. Nothing. Oh, no. Yeah, can you imagine? Plus a child. <laughs> can you imagine being a child in the 60s? Yeah. Yeah. And being subjected to this movie. And the only character that you can connect with uh, probably does some stuff in this movie you're not too happy about. Oh, like her gardening? <laughs> the gardening she does? Well, I was, yeah, I was going to, exactly. The gardening. You're like, oh, there's a kid. I relate to a kid as I am also a kid. And then... Where's she going with that gardening spade? Wait, eventually... <laughs> Oh no! What? Okay. Why? Why? Why is she doing that? Planting some mother? tulips, maybe. I once helped mom plant tulips. Nope, that's not. That's not what I did. Why is she planting the tulips in mother's stomach? Oh man! Spoiler alert! Sorry, everybody. Yeah, I can't believe there would have been kids watching that, like watching that kid do that stuff. Oh yeah, lots wow. of them. Terror, terrifying. Now, getting into the story, we like to walk through the main beats of the movie here, and that's what we're going to do. The movie starts out looking down a long and winding road with a car coming down it, and there was something really eerie about that long and winding road, and I liked it. Yeah, I loved it. It reminded me of uh, Evil Dead, another yeah. movie made on a low budget that's a first, the person's first movie that they're putting everything into. Uh, really reminded me of that. Uh, I loved it. I love this eerie, eerie uh, car opening. The music was very creepy as well. Yeah, it's good stuff. Barbara and Johnny are in the car, and they pull into an old cemetery. And as they're getting out, the radio turns on, and they say on the radio they were having technical problems. Uh, some very nice camera work here in the cemetery. Lots of like really good handheld camera shots from yep. really interesting perspectives. Mm -hmm. He does a lot of stuff like not just at head level, but he'll put the camera on the ground and point it up and he'll do a lot of like weird and interesting things that just make the movie feel a little bit weird. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. He likes to do some. Uh, like behind a person shots, so like over the shoulder type shots, but not over the shoulder. Like he'll put them lower than that. And so you're like looking at someone's like from behind, you're looking at the point of view of like someone's midsection or something. Yeah, it's, it's really uh, eerie. Barbara is feeling uneasy about being at the cemetery, but they need to leave flowers at their father's grave. Johnny thinks it's funny that she's scared and starts hamming it up. And he says the classic line, they're coming to get you, Barbara. Look, yeah. there's one now. And this is just so great and funny because he's yeah. referring to a man walking through the cemetery who actually is a zombie. He is definitely a zombie. It's like ironically uh, funny, it's great. this line. Yeah, and it just, is. Of course, you know, iconic. Yeah. The zombie attacks Barbara. Johnny tries to fight back, but in the process, he falls down and hits his head on a grave. Yeah. 
And that's how this movie gets rolling. Pretty scary. Yeah, definitely. Uh, great. Like right away, starts right away. Um, we're okay with Johnny being the first one to get his, his skull cracked because he's being a dick this whole time. He really doesn't want to visit his dad's grave. Um, they had to drive three hours to get there. They're just putting down the, the wreath or the cross or whatever. It takes five minutes and then they're out of there. Three hours, three hour drive home. He's not too happy about it. He's trying to get uh, Barbara to rush through her prayers. He said, we were at church this morning. You already prayed. Mm. <laughs> it's really funny. Uh, he's a big jerk. So you're like, and then he's teasing her. And so you're like, oh, yeah, this is fine that this guy actually turns on Johnny. The zombie actually turns on Johnny and kind of knocks him, knocks his head on a grave. Yeah, we're talking classic older brother stuff here. <laughs> right. Yeah. This is how you are, Tim. This is how this you is are me. to me. This is me. I was going to call yeah. him a POS crybaby. Um, <laughs> but now that we've related him to me, I, I right. don't want to call him that anymore. He's a good older brother. <laughs> I'll call him, we'll call him whiny. No, he's not yeah, whiny. He's though. pretty whiny. No, let's, he's, he's, let's just leave it. Let's leave it with POS crybaby. Yeah. He's that's a baby. Fine. He's a crybaby. If that's me, sure, that's yeah. fine. Then that's what I am. <laughs> it's not, it's not, but yes, he is a, he is a crybaby. <laughs> so what I liked about this intro is because zombies and ghouls are are so new, you and I, we look at this guy and we associate that with a zombie. We know that he's a zombie, but seeing this, you know, when it was released, you wouldn't have that information. And in a way that would almost make it more scary for me, just thinking like, what is wrong with this person who looks weird and disheveled and is attacking yeah. people? You know, that, that's almost scarier to me than, than the undead, you know, someone who's actually alive and making the decision to do this. So they yeah. could have just seen this as like, who's this weirdo that's doing this? This is terrifying. Yeah. And it's, uh, it's like for the audience who's watching it at that time, all these things are happening for the first time, but also like the characters in the movie don't. Like it's all happening for the first time for them too, right? So you don't they don't have to acknowledge in any way that they know what this could possibly be, which I think like is something that could be a problem if you're making a zombie movie now and it's set in current time. You have to probably acknowledge at some point that you think these things are zombies because we live in a time where everybody knows what a zombie is. So I loved this like out of time in 19, you know, 68. They don't know anything about zombies because uh, there are no movies really like to show them exactly what's happening here. So, uh, yeah, the, everything's new to them, too. So like them not knowing anything just makes sense to me. Yes, exactly. Now, Barbara locks herself in her car. Johnny, unfortunately, has the keys. The zombie smashes the window. So Barbara releases the e-brake and the car rolls down a hill and she gets away. She gets out, starts running. She sees a farmhouse in the distance and she runs over to it while being chased by this zombie and yeah. she locks herself in. And man, like a lot of tension in this run. Like yeah. I'm worried for her in the car. I'm worried she's going to get caught. Then even though she gets away a little bit, she doesn't get very far. And the zombies after her, there's great shot of like the zombie just walking through this field, you know, coming at yeah. her and she's, you know, she's further ahead, but it's on her tail, man, really great stuff. She, at one point she comes like running down a hill and the camera's pointed up at her. And then she turns the corner 
and continues to run down the hill. But now the camera that was once below her is now above her. You know, they put the camera in the middle of the hill and it's such a great fucking shot, man. It just looks awesome. Yeah, I'm just so shocked with how fast this movie's starting up. It's like going right away. I am on this watch, like I'm my first time watching. I am sure she's getting it. Like, I'm sure she's dying here. I thought she's dying in the car. Um, I just thought that like you start the movie and this couple right at the beginning of the movie are ones that die and then we'll move on to something else. So um, I definitely was feeling like that she was going to get caught at every point in this chase and she doesn't. She keeps just like getting away. So it's like was really exciting for me. Um, I liked her car crash. She was like a horrible driver driving the car into the side of a tree, but then was smart enough to just like jump out the other side and continue running. So I did, I did like, uh, as that was going, she was like, she was kind of thinking on her feet, even though she didn't have the right thought right away, you know, like even like getting in the car, not having the keys. So she didn't think of putting it, you know, taking off the e-brake right away and putting it in neutral. But then eventually she got that idea. So I really liked it. It felt real. Like your first idea would be keys. And then you're like, you're not going to have releasing the e-brake right away because that's not how you get away in a car. But then she eventually gets that idea. So yeah, anyways, I was totally into this, this first escape into, into this house. Yeah, so she gets in, she locks herself in. First thing she does is grab a knife. I like that. Yep. Makes, makes it feel very realistic. Something this movie is very good at. She looks around. She tries the phone, but the line is out. She runs up the stairs to find a body on the ground with its face eaten off. She freaks out and runs outside to find Ben, who is getting out of his truck, which just ran out of gas. Mm. Now, I'm a big fan of how Barbara is behaving because this is a very fucked up situation and she is in shock right now and for the rest of the movie. And I just think more movies should allow characters to have real quality freakouts and breakdowns to the point where it's not just them screaming like, Oh, that's scary. But like, being taken to the point where they're no longer rational and actually become useless in the movie, which is, is what they do with Barbara. She helps in, she helps 0% for the rest of the movie because she's so freaked out. She's like, she's like on her way to being catatonic at times and not helpful, just cannot cope with the situation. And that is realistic that there are people out there that, would react that way to a situation like this. So I like the authenticity of that. Yeah, for sure. I, I a hundred percent agree. Uh, what's great about this movie and you know what they carry on. If you're making a zombie movie now, some things that will make your movie good is having these human characters all having different reactions to what's going on. I love that. This is one of the reactions. I love how they really, I love how they really like set it up in this movie because when it's just Ben and just Barbara, I'm like, like Ben's doing all of this shit himself. And I'm just like, Barbara, get it together. Help Ben out. But then as soon as other people enter the movie, you're like, oh yeah, Barbara, you take time off. You're obviously can't cope with this. And then I'm sitting there thinking like, 
who do I want to be in this situation? I'm like, I want to be Barbara. Barbara's <laughs> like the lead. Like Barbara's just sitting there and chilling, doesn't have to help. Like she's having her own like little struggle, but she doesn't have to deal with the future and what's happening currently. She's still trying to deal with the past. I'm like, I want to be Barbara. So it's just interesting that that's how it, um, that was my journey with Barbara in this movie. I was yelling at her at the beginning to just like help Ben out, give him a hand, do something. And then by the end, I'm like, I get you, Barbara. You probably would, you would probably be me in this I would probably be you sitting on that couch in this situation. Now, Ben is having a bit of success fighting off zombies. He knocks a couple of the ones outside out. One of them gets in the house and he clubs it, then burns it outside and then starts boarding the house up. Ben tells Barbara he just came from a diner where zombies had killed everyone there. This reminds Barbara that Johnny is still in the cemetery. Yeah. They need to get him. He asked for candy and they didn't have any. Poor Johnny. She starts screaming and grabbing (laughs) at Ben, eventually slapping him. So Ben punches her right back and she goes out like a WWE wrestler would. (laughs) So she gets punched in the face. She gets like folded over. Like she's like, her hands are on her knees. She straightens back up, looks at yeah. Ben, her eyes go crossed, and she falls over. <laughs> yeah, I'm not the smartest guy out there, but Good but show. I've I'm pretty sure that's not what happens when you get knocked out from a punch. But that's how a KO happens. But <laughs> it was quite dramatic, and that's yeah. okay. They went the dramatic route. Uh, it's fine. I loved it. I it, yeah, I really loved it's it. It's a bit of charm. Um, Charm for the movie. It's a bit of charm, exactly. I I really like the lead up to it. I like their switching stories because like Ben tells this incredible story. Like him telling this story, I'm so into it. I'm so like just like he's got me. I'm I'm like with I can picture everything he's saying. And then you go to Barbara and her story sucks so much. Like she sucks at telling a story. She stops in the middle of it being like, Is it hot in here? (laughs) And every time they cut back to Ben, he's just rolling his eyes. He's like, I just told a really good story, and Mm -hmm. this is what you have. This is the best you have. So I love this part. It's uh, yeah, it's really good. And then it ends in ends in this clock, this KO <laughs> um, folding over. It's uh, yeah, it's good. I'm like, OK, you know what? Yeah, Barbara, take a little nap on the couch there. That's uh, you. You weren't being very helpful anyways. Just sleep it off. Yeah, it's fine. I de- definitely took notice of the fact that she had a trench coat on. Yeah. And she didn't take it off. And that that's just, it went a long way for me with her character, just like the state that she was in. And even yep. to the point where she's like, I think it's a little bit after this, but she's sitting on the couch and she's like, she's like, it's so hot in here. Why is it so hot in here? And then she looks down and she's like, oh, she's like, oh, my jacket is still on. And she still doesn't even take it off. She like pulls yeah. the neck open a bit. She's just trying to like get a little bit of air in to breathe. And yeah. Then it takes even longer than that for her to eventually just take her jacket off. That's when she's telling the story. She's when she's telling the story, she does that. She starts like peeling at it. And then it's actually Ben when he knocks her out and puts her on the couch. He undoes the buttons because he knows she's hot. And so he like kind of opens it a bit. And I think, yeah, then it takes her a long time to actually take it off. That's just great. Like she's not thinking about her fucking jacket. There's so much going on in her head. She's just in a different place. Yeah. Love it. I love her character. 
Yeah, I love the when Ben's like telling her to go like help out and get wood and stuff, and like she really wants to. She really wants to try to help out, but she just can't. <laughs> and she basically <laughs> picks up like the two or three weakest yeah. pieces of wood that like would never even be able to board up a door, and she's like gives them to Ben like she's been helpful. She grabbed kindling right. from the fireplace. <laughs> Yes, yes, that's what it is. It's not going to board up a door. Yeah. Ben's like, what the fuck am I going to do with this? Yeah. He's like, thanks. What's this for? Great. Yeah. Ben turns on the radio, which is reporting on an epidemic of mass murder being committed by a virtual army of unidentified assassins. They say the murders are taking place in villages, cities, rural homes, and suburbs with no apparent pattern or reason for the slayings. It seems to be a sudden general explosion of mass homicide. Great line. Yeah. The radio goes on to give quite a bit of information actually regarding the events. And Ben finishes boarding the house and dude, he did one hell of a job. I might say. Yeah. He did great. The only the only window that he didn't board up was the one that was like right over his shoulder when he went to talk to Barbara and he was like, I've got this house uh, really secure right now. And then like the window right over his shoulder has no, <laughs> no pieces of wood over well, it at he all. He still wants to but, see uh, out. <laughs> yeah, see yeah, yeah exactly. On. He still needs to see out a bit. Yeah, but he does a great job with all the other door. I love that he's taking like doors off from inside yeah, the house exactly. to use to... To, to um, barricade the actual real doors, like nailing doors to doors. It's like, this is awesome. I like this idea. Yeah, when he started boarding stuff up, I'm like, this is going to be weak shit. This is going to be an embarrassing boarding right. job. Yeah. Like, he's yeah. going to put one or two boards on and then I'm supposed to believe that that's going to stop this horde of ghouls. Right. No way, man. Like, he locked this house down. Yeah. Everything he could find in the house. There's an ironing board. That he's nailed to like a window or to another door. Like he find everything he can possibly find in this house. He has nailed it to a door or a window. Yeah. Seems like it's not his first time. <laughs> yeah, true. Then Ben is able to luckily find a rifle and some ammo in an upstairs closet. The radio is now reporting the killers are eating the flesh of the people they kill. So... I like how the radio is staying on top of the events. Another like authenticity thing here that makes this movie work for me. We continue to get new information and updates from the radio as yeah. they roll in, like as they get them, they pass them on to us. It feels real. Yep. I really like it. It's a really good tool. Um, you know, yeah, it's a, I, I feel like uh, I'm constantly relating this to other current zombie movies because i know those you know i know those better this is the first time i've seen this but often in zombie movies now it's like the radio has to go out because they don't want to give you any information and now watching this movie it's like i get it because in this movie radio gives you the information because this is the first time we're going to be finding out about this stuff so later they have to be like oh no the radio is out there's no information for you so that keeps us guessing so yeah i thought it was really cool that that's how they're getting a lot of their information and keeping keeping up with what's going on now as Ben is upstairs getting rid of the faceless body, two men break out of the cellar. Not zombies, just a couple of guys hiding in the basement. Like, thanks for helping. 
yeah guys <laughs> well which is what they basically say ben's like you didn't hear a woman <laughs> screaming up here and they're like well yeah we well, did we didn't know but, what like, was we going didn't on know. she could have been being attacked could have been anything you didn't come up and help her yeah. <laughs> uh no I, was, I no i didn't we didn't know we couldn't hear anything first you said you heard her screaming then you said you couldn't hear anything i love it yeah it was good a good start yeah, to the relationship between yes. harry and ben and yes. harry and his wife yeah exactly again just like really right away back in 68 the movie's gonna be about how these these two humans stuck in a in a house together can't get along yeah that's awesome stuff that's amazing yeah it is amazing yeah now it's harry and tom who who are the two guys who've come out of the cellar they say there's a wife and kid and another girlfriend in the cellar as well Harry wants everyone to hide in the cellar because he thinks it'll be safer. Ben says, that's a death trap. And they just have a really great argument back and forth here about what to do. Like, who's right? Yeah. Like, we should go in the cellar because, and we should not go in the cellar because. Yeah. It's great character development. Uh, just getting more of like Ben, who's Ben, who's like fucking awesome. He's just great. He's like the superhero of this oh, yeah. movie. And Harry, who's this like fucking turd, who's just like <laughs> wants turd. to do all the wrong things, like for self preservation, yeah. doesn't care about anybody else other than himself. And then maybe his wife and daughter a little bit, but he's all self preservation. Like, there's a yeah. line. He's like, what, we were supposed to come out of the cellar and help, help you just because there were some people in need? And Ben's like, yeah, that's the whole idea. Yeah. We needed <laughs> of help. Course. Why didn't you come? You know, well, yeah. got to protect myself love- down in the cellar. Yeah. I love this argument. I love these. It really gives you these two characters. I'm being pulled in different directions. I'm like, oh, yeah, cellar sounds like good. <laughs> yeah. And then I was like, oh, no, wait, upstairs Same, sounds yeah. good. I don't even I don't even know where I land. Like, I think I land on upstairs. Upstairs. I think Ben sells me at the end. And I'm like, yeah, I want to see it, like, see them coming. And then the cellar can be the backup. You know, we can go down there if that's the last resort. Um, but I like, like, Ben's so great in this entire argument. He's just... Uh, Harry will not like let go of the cellar. So he's like, all right, you go down to the cellar. You be the boss of the cellar. I'm the boss of upstairs. Yeah. (laughs) You come upstairs. I'm the boss here. You can go be the boss of the cellar. Uh, Love that shit. Yeah. It's uh, this, this whole thing was great. What were were you, were you team uh, cellar or team upstairs? I was with you. I was like, I was swaying from side to side. I was like the beauty of this movie and how authentic it, it is, is I was actually picturing myself in this scenario thinking, well, well, what would I do? And while the cellar sounded great, I landed on not going in the cellar because there's no way out, right? So if they're going to break through the front door, why wouldn't they be able to break through the cellar door? So I'd rather be in the house on the main floor where you can see what's happening and then possibly escape to the outside if you need to. So I was on team main floor. Yeah, same. Now in the cellar, we see... Harry's wife, Helen, and his daughter, who's been injured. Helen hears about the radio upstairs and says she wants out of the cellar. She wants to go upstairs to uh, listen to what they're saying. Harry and Helen argue about what to do. Dude, I loved Helen in this movie. And I think it's because she's putting Harry in his place at every turn. 
she like we said yes. like the married couple she's over his his bullshit and yes. she's just like you don't know what you're talking about like i want to do this yeah. and this is this is right not not what you're thinking you're, what you're thinking is stupid but whatever like, yeah. we need to go upstairs and hear what the radio is telling us because that's all the information like let's get that information i loved like how short she was with him but how yeah. like utterly caring she was with the other characters so you could tell she wasn't this shitty character who just like was mean to people she's only mean to her husband who's a turd and then yeah. everybody else she's such a sweet lady too yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, that, that's really good. It's, her, her shortness with him was so great, especially when he first comes down to the cellar and he's still mumbling the argument. He's still mumbling about how <laughs> great the cellar is and everything. And he's still like trying to justify it to himself. No one's there to argue. He's just still justifying it to himself. And his wife's just like, you just uh, always have to be right, don't you? And then he like, that's the real issue here, right? The real issue yeah. is that he made a choice and he doesn't want it to be wrong. So he has to keep defending seller till he dies. Right. And so her just pointing that out, he got offended. It was just great. It just felt so real. And uh, yeah, you're right. She's so nice to all the other characters. So that's nice to see as well. Yeah. Um, really good character development for all the characters. You know, even though they're trapped in this house and there's zombies like trying to break through the walls. Yeah. They do have some really genuine moments with Every single character, uh, maybe yep, maybe not sure. the daughter, but with everybody else, just so you can kind of like get on board with them and learn a little bit about like their personality and who they are and like why they're behaving the way they are in the situation. It's all really great stuff here. Yep. So Ben finds a TV set upstairs and brings it down. The TV news tells them that these are creatures and they are in fact devouring their victims. It's also been confirmed that people who have recently died are coming back to life and committing murder. Shit. They're also singing a new tune about their previous report to stay in your house and board it up. Now they're recommending trying to get to one of the rescue stations that have been set up. And they give a list of the locations. Then the news reports, there was a recent Explorer satellite that was shot to Venus. It orbited Venus, but was then destroyed by NASA when they discovered it was carrying a high-level radiation back with it. And could that radiation be responsible for what's happening? Now, I do want to call out to the television set that they're watching. I thought it looked amazing. Yep. It's your classic old black and white, big tube TV. But, you know, they've got the, the footage that Romero has recorded on the TV. And you can see people watching it. We're watching it. Yeah. At some points, it's just the entire TV in our screen. That's all we're seeing. And right, it looked yeah. really cool. Like, it looked really seamless. Nowadays, you'd use like a green screen for that. You know, maybe they used something similar back then, but whatever they did, it, it's yeah. a flawless like like video on a TV. Yeah, I was thinking the same thing when I was watching it. Uh, it it's awesome. It looks so good. 
I also love that they put it on two chairs that they just like smushed together because like, again, that's very real. Like it was cool that they didn't just put it up on like a counter or something. They all wanted it at eye level while they were sitting down. So they just like got two chairs, put them together, put the TV on top, just felt very real, looked awesome, like added a nice look to how the TV looks. And then it's on two wooden chairs. It was like when they were framing it and we were watching what was in that TV. So good. Yeah. I wondered as I was watching this because of how much the news is like driving the narrative of, the, of this movie. I wondered if yeah. Paul Verhoeven was influenced by this movie because he does a lot with news yeah. in, the, in some of his movies. Yeah. It wouldn't shock me. Um, yeah. That, that makes a lot of sense. So Helen goes back downstairs to check on her daughter and the camera now shows us the other side of the kid's body. And we see she has a wound on her arm. Mm, yeah. It looks like she has been tasted. Mm, I think that's bad. That's bad. To I'm pretty sure that is bad. Yeah. Now, the group wants to make a run for it, but they'll need to fill this truck up with gas to do that. You can tell Harry doesn't like this idea. He likes the cellar. He wants the warmth of his cold, damp cellar. Exactly. So Tom and Ben head out to put gas in the truck. Harry's on the second floor. He's actually helping. He's like tossing Maltov cocktails yeah. down at the zombies and keeping them at bay. Good plan. Something that was really cool here when they run out the front door is that earlier in the movie, when it was just Ben and Barbara, he lit a chair on fire and threw it outside to like keep the zombies yeah. away. Now, maybe like 30, 40 minutes later, they go out again for the first time. And that chair was almost completely burnt and gone. Yeah. It almost followed a perfect timeline of if you had lit this chair on fire this long later, it would be just about gone. And like the flames were just about out. Yeah, another, I'm just going to say another piece of this authenticity that makes you feel like this is all very real because yeah, they easily could have done a couple things like they, they easily could have run out and that chair is still in flames for no reason or the right. chair's <laughs> out or it's completely disintegrated. But none of that would make sense. What makes sense is it's mostly burned. It's smoldering. And that was exactly what was happening. It's like a small touch in this movie that didn't need to happen, but just adds so much to it. Yeah, totally. Yeah. It was, it was perfect looking chair and just reminds you, you know, reminds you of that back to, Oh yeah. He let that chair on fire and threw it out. It's good stuff. So Tom gets in the truck. Judy runs out of the house after him, which was not part of the plan. She, she no. just loves him so much, I guess that she's willing to risk her life. Yeah. Ben is shooting and lighting zombies on fire with a torch. They're able to get a little bit ahead of the zombies and they try filling the truck up. But unfortunately, instead, they light the truck on fire. Shit, that's bad. They did a bad job of filling up with gas. This was a disappointing moment for me. Yeah, um... Me too, because they're like, okay, so at first I was like, why are you rushing so much? I was like, why are you 
just losing your mind filling up your car with gas. Okay, so I understand why they're rushing so much. They're being yeah, chased yeah. by zombies. So that's not really uh, that's not really a good complaint for me to have. But I was just like, what are you doing? Like, I'm screaming at the screen. Like, they take out... First, they have to shoot, like, the lock well, that's on the... Well, here's the thing. Yeah, yeah. Why are you shooting a gun at a gas pump? I, like, I... Exactly. I get that you have That's to get that lock I mean. off, but like, hello. I know. You know, the warning sticker is you're not even supposed to smoke near a gas pump, yes. let alone shoot a gun at it. As soon as that exactly. happened, I was like, these guys, I mean, I'm not so sure they even know what they're doing here. But I guess like, I guess if this was your plan and you get to that pump and it's locked and the only way to get it off is to shoot it, you do that because I guess you're going to die anyways. But fine, they shoot the lock off. Carry on. Go ahead. I think it was good panic. You know, I think it was like good to show us good panic, even though like Ben has been just like totally in control of everything he's been doing. He's had like the good ideas. He's always doing it right. This was total panic. He shoots the lock, which again, yeah, I was just saying the same thing. I'm like, what are you doing? You are not supposed to do that around gas. Then, uh, you know, they, they take out the gas pump and just start like pumping before they're even close to putting it in and they pump it all over the car. Who does that? This is Tom who previously said to Judy, Judy's like, why do you have to go? And he's like, Ben doesn't know how to work the pump and the truck. I do. I have to go. I don't think you do. He pulls the gas pump out and pulls the trigger when it's like six feet away from the truck. And then he walks over to the truck, spraying gasoline everywhere, and it sprays on the torch that Ben had dropped, and everything Uh. lights on fire. Tom, you son of a bitch, you you lied to us. Yeah. You do not know how to work the pump. Yeah, you did. You don't. You he was he was using the pump. He was like watering that <laughs> truck like you would water a plant. He's like this is how you put gas on a truck, right? You just water it on the truck. What? Yeah. Trucks. He they, lied. He was a big They liar. absorb yeah. gasoline. That's how you fill them <laughs> yeah, up. It just absorbs through it. Yeah. Wow. I don't know what was going on there. It was very careless. Just a very very yeah. careless scene. Um, again, I'm bringing it back to panic. You know, I'm bringing it back to that they just utterly panicked here. There, they were being. There was a lot of zombies like around their truck as they were starting to go. As they were rolling down the road, the zombies were still there. I feel like they did. They they had no time. I did feel like they had no time. Same. Uh, so this, I think this was panic rush. Here's the move, and I understand why they can't do it, and that's because it's 68. The budget's not there. But the move is to turn that pump on the zombies. Spray them with gasoline. If they're coming at you and surrounding you, hose them all down. Light them on fire. Then you have time to fill your truck up. I get that there's no way they're going to be able to pull that off. So they don't go that route, which is is fine. So Ben is able to get back to the house. But Tom and Judy, who are in the truck... As it's engulfed in flames. Another thing too, like they got into a burning truck. Yeah. He t- um, Tom think- let he lit the truck on fire, and, <laughs> and then they they, in, they yeah. both got into it thinking they could get away. Yeah. It gets completely engulfed, and unfortunately, yeah. both of them die. And then we get to see the zombies feasting on their burnt flesh. And warm yeah. intestines. Yeah, Very gory. Uh, Can you imagine being the nine-year-old yeah. in the theater at that scene? Exactly. Exactly. This is so gory. 
they have like yeah intestines they've got like organs they've got they're chewing meat off the bone like it's just chicken um this was very gory this was a uh, a big surprise for me uh this death yeah, and i would same. say the surprise was the surprise was judy for me because I thought that they were really setting up. They're setting up Tom saying how much he loves Judy. Like they're having he, how he has to go. He's the one who knows about the gas pump. Right before he leaves, he has like a lock's eyes with her. And they have this moment. I'm like, Tom is so dead. I was like, no one has ever been more dead in a movie than Tom right now as he walks out that door. And then when she runs out to join him, I'm now questioning. I have no idea what's going to happen now. And to have them both die in that truck for me was a big shock that Judy was there dying with them. I'm with you. When Judy ran out, I thought they'd both be safe, actually. I thought I thought yeah. everybody was going to make it back to the house or th- they were going to be able to get away in the truck, but no siree. Now, as Ben gets back to the house, Harry won't let him in. Yeah, obviously, this <laughs> bastard. Of course he won't let him in. Uh, ben forces his way in and then starts punching Harry. Very good. good. Very good. How many people is it going to clock in this movie? <laughs> he's, he's at two right yeah, now. He's clocked a lot of zombies, too. True, if yeah. If they count. Uh, the news has another report. They're showing that citizens and police are teaming up to hunt down the zombies. It also reports zombies can be killed with a blow to the head. They say, kill the brain, kill the ghoul. Cool. Because the brain has been infected by the radiation. So this is obviously an excellent story beat here. That this fucking satellite has gone to Venus, picked up radiation. It hasn't even come back to Earth. It just started to come back to Earth. And the radiation is powerful enough to start frying people's minds and turning them into flesh-eating murderers. And, uh, I mean, that's just such a great, unique idea. And I love how quickly it happened in the movie. It Basically, it's it's one of the first things that happens, right? Because the radio goes out on the news. When they're in the car, the radio goes out. That's got to be the radiation hitting Earth. And it it took the radio down, and immediately we see this guy in the cemetery. He was probably there like p- putting flowers at one of his loved one's graves, but he, his yeah. brain got hit with it for some reason and he turns into a zombie. So just such a, like a unique idea. Uh, I loved it. That's something I forgot about this movie. That's like, <laughs> it's sort of su- supernatural in a way. Ah, oh, man, it's just, it's such a cool idea. Yeah, I, I loved it. I didn't know this was coming. I didn't know that that would be the explanation for this. Um, and Hearing you tell me that they wanted to make a sci-fi movie first, uh, it makes it even better for me that they were able to keep this little element of sci-fi in the movie, even though they made this ghoul movie. It still it came from outer space. It came from the radiation from Venus. So yeah, I thought that that was uh, a really really cool. So the TV goes off because the power lines are now down. The zombies start trying to get into the house again. And Harry's eyeballing any chance to take the gun away from Ben. He's, you can see him look. He sees his little beady, yeah. greedy eyes looking at that gun. He's just he's like he actually makes him move for it, you know. And then he backs oh, off. Oh, for sure. And he's like, oh, when, when's my chance? When can I go for this gun? 
there's zombies trying to get into the house and just like right before the zombies tried to get into the house like his wife's like trying to talk to him about something and what they should do and what their plan is moving forward and he just kind of leans over he's like i gotta get that gun (laughs) like what are you talking about like stop focusing on the gun you gotta just get out of here uh yeah and zombies coming in and he's not even helping he's just he's just eyeing that gun he's just got those eyes on that gun come on zombies start coming through the window Ben drops his gun to block the window. So Harry grabs the gun. Ben goes after him, takes it back, and fucking shoots Harry. Shoots him. And I don't think anybody felt bad about that. No, so shocking that he shoots him, but also, yeah, this guy wasn't even helping on his wife. His wife was at the door trying to stop zombies from coming in, and this guy's busy trying to get the gun away from Ben. Come on. Yep. Now, as the zombies break through the front door, the movie just breaks into chaos in the best way. Yep. Harry stumbles into the cellar and dies right before he gets to his daughter from the gunshot. Helen, his wife, is being pulled through the front door. Barbara actually decides to get up and help. Then we see Karen, the daughter, eating Harry in the cellar. Crazy. She's turned. Yeah. Helen is able to get away from the front door and goes into the cellar to see what's going on. And daughter Karen starts stabbing her with a gardening spade. Helen is stabbed, oh, I don't know, at least 15 times with a gardening spade. Yep. Blood shrieking. The shrieking is like echoing. It's so terrifying. Oh my god! Like it probably fifteen, twenty times, just over and over and over. Like it's going longer than you expect. Yeah. It should be. You think it should be done, and it's still up and down and down and down and down and more blood and more blood and more screaming. It's crazy. It reminded me of Pray for Death when Limehouse is killing mm, the wife. Yeah, okay. I got that same vibe yeah. from it. I'm like, this is uncomfortable and shouldn't be happening. Yeah. And it's not stopping. Yeah. It's not stopping. It won't stop. Can't stop. Barbara is still at the front door being attacked by eight arms <laughs> trying to come through the door. Yep. Yep. Then just come on. Great moment here. Brother yep. Johnny breaks through the... <laughs> Breaks through the door, grabs Barbara, and takes her out to be eaten. This is such a great call in this movie. It would be so easy to leave Johnny dead. But to bring him back to kill Barbara is so perfect. I just, I love this, this call. I love it. Such a great call. It's very unexpected. I am not, I don't think Barbara's going to die. You know, she's, she survived at the beginning. Why is she going to make it all the way to the end and die? It's so good. Catches me by surprise. Uh, I'm still thinking, like, I'm still thinking a couple minutes after it's over. I'm like, is Barbara dead? You know, (laughs) obviously she's dead. She was in that like horde of zombies, but you're just like, she's going to come back. Right. Like Barbara's still in this movie. Right. It's a great call. And I love that. It's her brother, Johnny coming back. The zombies are now through the front door. They're coming through the windows. Daughter Karen grabs Ben 
but he's able to fight her off. And Ben locks himself in the cellar. So I thought it was hey. ironic that he now finds yep. himself barricaded down there. I loved it. Yeah. I was like, oh, hey, Ben, like, got to go to that cellar. Cellar's not so bad, is Turns it? Turns out the cellar was the best call. Turns out, yep. As much as I don't like to admit it. I know. Harry I know. might have been right. It's also just a great thing for this movie to do. Like, we hate this character, so we definitely don't want to listen to him. We definitely don't want to go in the cellar. And the seller was the right call. You definitely Crazy. don't want him to be right about that. No, you don't want the seller to be the right call, and it is. Both of us agreed with Ben that, that the yep. seller was the wrong call. So Yep, for sure. We're all eating crow here. Yep, definitely. Is that what what kind of term is that? What is I don't know. I've eating heard that crow, before, yeah. but I don't I don't even know if that I don't even know if you can say that. Why yeah. would you eat I don't crow? know. I, I don't know. I don't know what it, I don't really know what it means. You know um, what? That's uh, something for the wrap up. What the fuck okay, is eating sounds crow? Good. What is eating? Did crow? I even use it right there? Who knows? Yeah. Harry's about to eat some flesh. <laughs> He's about to try. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. Dean, that uh, that is what Harry's going to do here. So the house is filled with zombies trying to get to Ben, but they can't get past the cellar door. In the cellar, Ben sees dead Harry sit up. So Ben shoots him a couple times. Then Helen wakes up. Ben shoots her. And then we see that it's morning. Yeah, he killed Harry twice in this movie. <laughs> yeah, that, that I it's like. It's kind of great. That I like. It's kind of great that he killed Harry twice. Yeah, God deserved it. Yeah. So we see the squad of civilians, police, and police dogs walking through a field. They mention taking a few men and a couple dogs and going to check out a nearby farmhouse. In the cellar, Ben is able to hear dogs barking and sirens. The police approach the house and start shooting the zombies. Ben comes out of the cellar. As the house has been emptied of zombies, Ben goes to the window. He's trying to like look out and see what's happening. He's got his gun up. He's trying to see if he's safe and is shot in the head by one of the men who mistook him for a zombie. Then some really cool still photography of the men going in for Ben's body and dragging it outside and the end. This is wild. It's heartbreaking. It's unexpected. Right before they get to the house, they shoot someone in a field way off in the distance. And it, that person is so far away that you think, was that really a zombie? Were you really sure that that was a zombie? Because that person was really <laughs> far away. You had to be pretty sure that that was a zombie. And then they come to the house and they're like, oh, yeah, I got one in my sights. Okay, yeah, uh, take them out. Boom. They're not even thinking anything of it. They're just cleaning up, cleaning up after these zombies. Shoot them right in the head. It's uh, That's why this movie's <laughs> nihilistic. You know, it's just like, wow. Even though he did everything, he fought so hard. He was sticking up for everyone, trying to keep his whole group safe. He's the only one who made it out alive. Shot in the head by accident. Uh, it just, yeah, wild ending. Incredible. Yeah, very sad, uh, very powerful ending. Yeah. The imagery after of the of the still photography. Brutal. It's like, it's tough to describe, but it's pictures. It, it's snapshots yeah. of them like going in and dragging his body out. You know, like 
There's not many pictures, though. It's like one of them outside the house, then one of his face lying on the ground dead, then one of them, like someone's dragging him, and then another one of them outside. Oh, man, it's so powerful. Yeah. It's such such a unique ending. Like, w- like what type of movie, or like, not what type of movie, but like what movie can you remember where you have a bunch of heroes in it and they all die? And like they're all gone by the end. It's just it's a really r- yeah. rare thing for movies to do. Personally, yeah. I applaud it. I love when movies do this because I'm so like touched by the end. You know, I'm like yeah. saddened, and it, it just it makes me feel a feeling that not a lot of movies give you. Like the, lots of movies have their happy endings. You know, lots of movies go that route, but not a lot of movies go the completely, as you mentioned, the completely nihilistic route of like, yeah, nobody survives. Everybody's going to die. And this is what we're presenting to you. This is our movie. I, I just think it takes a lot to try to do that. And your movie, <laughs> your movie better be damn good. If that's your ending, because it's not going to work if you haven't presented us with a really good movie. And this movie obviously presented perfectly everything up until that point the the ending works it, it like everything makes sense it's just so tight my goodness this is a masterpiece oh yeah the for sure totally agree the best zombie movies are about like the human condition and how humans react in this situation in the situation of the end the situation of like the apocalypse so you get these great characters inside the house and how they're all reacting and like you think that an event like this should bring people together but no there's always going to be that one or that two that's going to be still their personality is going to come out and they're going to be against you they're going to just like i'll be all for themselves survival no matter what they're going to try to get that gun from you they're going to not listen to you at all uh so i love all that stuff that's happening in the house but then rarely do we do that that outside the house stuff with this group that's just going around and cleaning up after everyone this person this group they're just in the mentality of like okay yeah let's just go we're saving everyone let's just go help everyone we're saving them over there shoot over there shoot these guys are so chill with the situation they've made it so regular that they're just taking out these zombies that they just take out a human and they don't even think about it like that's their condition at that point is that this is just life now it's just like we're cleaning up we've got it under control so calm shooting everyone in the head it is uh I didn't expect to get to that point. Uh, rarely do you look at that kind of person who's like totally calm in the situation, thinks they have it under control, making a huge mistake like that uh, and not never knowing about it. Like that person will never know that they shot a human in the head. It is, uh, yeah, it's quite the ending. Yeah, it would be very cliche to say like, oh, who are the real zombies? But you get this group of cops and civilians literally plodding through fields shooting anything yeah. that's moving like they are yeah. they're literally shooting mindlessly at anything they see like they've like you mentioned the condition like they've been conditioned now to shoot anything that's moving because yeah. what they know is that nobody can survive the zombie attack so there's probably you you probably won't encounter any humans and they're just mindlessly walking and shooting anything that moves and yeah, they hit one of their own. Yep. And after like what he went through, you know, like to oh, to go down that way, it's hard. Shit. It's heartbreaking. Yeah, it is. He did so much. You're Man. right. Um, he burnt movie, so many calories. Oh, 
<laughs> he burned so many calories. Oh man, he was running, especially at the beginning when Barbara was no help at all. He was just like <laughs> he boarded up that house in like ten minutes. That's a he big, just had that whole house. That had a lot of windows. He's taking doors off, taking like, ironing boards, pieces of wood, breaking tables so that he can put the wood up. It's incredible stuff. Yeah, yeah, masterpiece of a movie. Five out of five. I loved it. What a great time. What a great October thirtieth. Agreed. Five out of five. If you haven't seen this movie, check it out. Oh, it's, it's so rad. good. It's so rad. Yeah. Right on. Well, uh, everybody listening, if you'd like to help support us here at Talking Back, there's a few ways you could do that. You could uh, just tell your friends about us. Let someone else know about Talking Back. Or you could, uh, you know, leave a rating or a review on your favorite podcast app. That helps as well. You could leave a donation of any amount at buymeacoffee.com or you could sign up to be a patron at patreon.com and you'll get bonus episodes like tomorrow's magical Halloween special. Yeah, oh, it's magical now. (laughs) It is. It's magical. Magically terrifying and blood-riddled with nasty murder and deceit and deception and oh that's all i'll say for now but hey okay you want to you probably want to tune into that we mentioned it before you can get it for free so like why not what are you doing do it just do it and hey now that this episode's over don't worry head on over to bfopnetwork.com check out one of the other amazing nostalgia based podcasts in the network, we promise you'll find something you like. We believe in it so much that if you don't, Dean is willing to lock himself in a cellar with Harry. Yeah, it's not the right choice, but I'll do it. Dean, thank you for joining. Thank you, Tim. Thank you, everybody, for listening. And we'll catch you next time. Hello! La la la! I'm Adam. And I'm Corey. And we are the hosts of Cartwright, a Seinfeld podcast. We are breaking down every single episode of Seinfeld as we watch it, reliving this amazing show. That's right, it's a trip down memory lane for all of us 90s kids out there. You can find Cartwright, a Seinfeld podcast, on iTunes, Spotify, Podbean, and Patreon. La la la! Thank you.